or by Dr. David Hertzberg, who is um, who is a uh, staff member of ours, if you will. <laughs> he is um, responsible for Israel at seventy five, which is a weekly incredible presentation that uh, goes on right after JM and the AM, and um, it really gives a a comprehensive look at uh, modern Jewish history, twentieth century Israel history, and um, over these few months. Rabbi Hertzberg has become much more than just a um, presenter here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We have utilized his incredible knowledge of Israel, number one, to discuss important topics as it relates to this war, but number two, to highlight the fact that he uh, has been leading these amazing missions to Israel that are doing unique things and that are really bringing a lot of spirit and inspiration to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Here, and we'll introduce Rabbi Hertzberg in a moment, but I want to read you a text that I got from him. Uh, I think this was uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, Hi, Nachum. We're doing a family mission in two weeks in Bezrat Hashem on Sunday night, January the 21st, a Siyum Mishnayot at Machane Shura with the military rabbinate and Rabbi Grossman. Yeah, that Rabbi Grossman, the one we're going to see tomorrow night at the Chibuk event and the one who's so well-known for uh, Migdalor, etc., etc., uh, with the military rabbinate and Rav Grossman, we also announced today a student mission, President's Week. I'm assuming that's the 20th, in the area of the 20th of uh, February, which will be focusing on making connections and bridges across the religious spectrum to keep Achdud going forward and helping to prevent the return, God forbid, to October 7th. So Rabbi uh, Hertzberg t- told me about this, and I said we got to discuss this on the air. And uh, sure enough, he's with us live via telephone. Rabbi Hertzberg, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Always a pleasure to be here. I see the momentum is not letting up, which is remarkable. Um, you will be doing it. What date does this family mission leave for Israel? So the family mission is is actually a number of our families with their children. We're planning on being there um, anyway, perhaps originally uh, to celebrate bar mitzvahs. And they decided once we're all there, let's get together, maybe do a few day mission while we're there. So uh, this is going to be Sunday, January 21st through Tuesday, January 23rd, Bezrat Hashem. And again, it's a little bit of a different type of mission because we're going to have people of all ages, from adults to younger children, but again, keeping the uh, basic message alive in the of visiting soldiers, visiting Yeshuvim, and uh, you know, just trying to maintain those connections and try to give chizuk and at the same time be mitchazek. Now, explain to the audience, to those who are listening, the significance of a Sio Mishnayot at Machaneshura. So on our second mission, we uh, went, thanks to um, Rob Grossman and Migdal, or arranged for us to go visit uh, Machanashur, and we had a very powerful uh, presentation by Avi Adi, one of the commanders there, and Ben Simen. And when we left, we maintained the Kesher because we felt that to uh, do something well, we, that, we, we, uh, we, should, we should mention that Shura is is a significant place now and during this war. right Machana Shura was is the base of the of the rabbinate, but during the the war they've actually been the, been, been the location where they have both identified all the people who have been killed as well as preparing them for their Halvayot for their for their funerals, right. the the Chayalim and the uh, and, and at the beginning the civilians as well. So yes, it's a very powerful place, a very painful place. 
And the Siamish, a very holy place. And, and now we know why there's a Siamish Nayot that you're planning for that location. I mean, it's so meaningful and so appropriate. And that's going to happen on the 21st in Israel. And, um, and, and again... And we... We were so excited about it, but what's fascinating was how excited and enthusiastic all the uh, rabbis of the base were to be uh, participating in it. To be participating in it, um, and it's just a—it's hopefully a very, very special moment. Well, well, frankly, with all the work they've had to do, and we had people on the air who described the work that they're doing, and you obviously know firsthand from your visit what goes on there they probably you know felt a a lacking of you know just some type of spirituality frankly because they're involved in such in such difficult work you know on a daily basis to have a seal mishnayot and have an inspiring event like that in memory of those who's you know who who they are uh, uh, properly caring for um, you know, in terms of preparing them for burial has, has got to have a, a plenty of additional meaning for them uh, definitely, you know, seeming and, and again, they. I just got actually two hours ago the text that all the Mishnayot have been given out, the including including all the more esoteric ones in Taros and Gutchim. Everything has been given out. <laughs> the Rabbanim have signed up, and as Rat Hashem, and uh, we're we're good to go. Unbelievable. All right, so that's happening on the twenty first, and again. Everybody Hertzberg's group is going to be spearheading that. Now, uh, you've also announced, as I mentioned during the introduction, uh, that students are invited to participate in, this is a week in February, I'm assuming, right? This is President's Week. Right, Feb- President's Week um, by, uh, you know, popular interest. So we're running uh, another student-parent mission, Desrat Hashem, the President's Week. And... What we want to do a little bit differently this time, besides some of the normal things that all the missions have been doing, but one of the themes that that has become really prominent is that we want to create connections. We don't want, when the war ends, Bezrat Hashem, the victory soon, we don't want to go back to October 6th. Right. And one of the ways we're trying to do that is create these avenues of communication uh, with irreligious schools, with, with Haredi schools, with other programs to, to really reach out and create the possibility of respectful communication and even respectful disagreement. But that's one of the major goals of this mission, moving forward and looking towards the future. I mean, I get the, I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. But, and, and things obviously do not, you know, stay at the uh, heated and extreme level that they've gotten to. And I say that in a good way uh, in terms of the, the unity and the feelings that we have toward each other now uh, during this war. But I, I can't imagine that some of this feeling is not going to remain, is not going to, you know, residually exist in our community once all this is over. I, I, I hope you agree with me because, again, I, mean, we, I think I have reasonable expectations. It's not going to be to the level, obviously, that we're, thank God, at now. But I, I still think a lot of it is going to remain as people will feel a much closer connection to each other and actually feel like we're brothers and sisters. Exactly, which is why we think the time is ripe to create these connections to ensure that we stay at some at some level of that and that things don't slowly but surely go, go back. And because there's this level of unity right now, I believe the time is ripe that people in many of the different circles are open to such to such endeavors and really getting to uh, getting to uh, getting to know one another. Yeah, no question about it. Um, everybody out there, uh, you have an opportunity to, to utilize, um, Rabbi Hertzberg's knowledge about Israel and uh, his and the yeshiva of Flatbush's 
abilities to create these trips and do really effective things in Israel or by Hertzberg, I am assuming that again, you are offering any shul, any school, any high school, any organization that wants to consult with you in terms of putting together uh, the, the nuts and bolts of the trips and some interesting ideas for these trips. I'm sure you're still offering that people can consult with you on all of that. Absolutely. And it, uh, you know, to help anybody and, you know, there's so many other missions to look at, look at, and everyone's checking each other because everyone has some such great ideas. Actually for the February one, we're putting together already a list of ideas. We've already got about 12 days worth of things to do for three days. So yeah. it's, uh, but anybody, <laughs> you know, yeah, bar, bar Hashem. So, anybody, uh, anybody traveling with you better be ready to wake up very early and go to sleep very, very late. <laughs> yeah, bar Hashem. So, but for sure, anybody would be more than happy to speak with them. Be my pleasure. Uh, this week, uh, Rabbi Hertzberg, for us on Israel at 75, which airs tomorrow at 9 a.m., he'll be finishing the discussion about the Eichmann trial. And then next week, he'll start a series on terror events which will focus on many interesting uh, historic events, including the Munich Olympics of 1972 and Entebbe of 1976. Everyone should always make sure to be tuned in. Uh, you'll learn a lot if you're listening Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time to Israel at 75. By the way, you mentioned in one of your texts to me, you know, the comparisons between what Israel is going through now and the Yom Kippur War. And, and I was wondering if, there, if, if one can even, you know, start a comparison when you know, the Yom Kippur War was another one of those quote-unquote conventional wars, you know, along borders against other countries. And this one is against a terror organization that's, you know, so difficult, as we know, uh, as the world has pointed out, so difficult to, you know, to, to weed out the terrorists from uh, those who might be innocent civilians. Right off the bat, isn't it really hard to compare this war to any type of what we call conventional wars? Well, certainly there, there's a major differences, um, and in, in fact, the conventional war where Israel found itself in a very complicated and uh, threatening situation, uh, it, it, they knew what had to be done. In this type of situation, a non-conventional war, you're right, it's, it's much more complex, and nobody knows what the next right move should be. Right. With that said, there's certain comparisons that could be made in terms of lessons not learned, mistakes repeated, and the level of the threat and why and how that's impacting on the, uh, the morale of the people to see that some of the differences between uh, the Yom Kippur War and, and now. But people I've spoken to uh, from Avigda Kalani and others all view the situation, sadly, that we're in right now as a much more critical, painful situation than even what they faced in 73. Wow. And what would they say with all the comparisons being made or the, you know, the comments being made that that this is a uh, a fight for Israel's independence similar to the independence war of independence you know back in the 1940s i mean that that's quite a statement when that one of course had to do with the ex the existence of the state of israel and there are many who are comparing this effort to what happened back then so we have to just realize everybody has to realize because often it's lost on us from 6000 miles away just how serious a situation israel is in right now Correct, which, which I believe is part of the reason why so many people in Israel find Chizuk when Americans and B'nai Chutzlarts are coming, yeah. that we still believe that 
this is where we should be, and this is the this is the answer as we we approach the uh, uh, times of Mashiach. By the way, you like I have had the opportunity to be there a few times since the war started. Don't you find it much more difficult to leave Israel these days? Don't you find it as as tough as it always is? And obviously, anyone who cares about Israel always has that tug, and and it's hard. But don't you feel it much more difficult these days? I certainly would agree to that. You know, being in Israel, you're, especially at this time, everyone is, you know, emotionally, you're all over the place. Everyone feels uh, a very, very strong connection. And when you get to that, uh, get to Ben-Gurion Airport, yeah. you almost feel like you're, you're abandoning ship, which 100%. is a very painful feeling to have. 100%. It's actually, I'm glad people feel that way, but I, I'm glad you also... Uh, reaffirmed for me what I felt and what so many are feeling as they leave Israel. All right, listen, good luck with the uh, with the journeys. Make sure to keep us up to date, especially this uh, incredible event happening the 21st to see Mishnayis down in Shura. And, um, and we'll be uh, paying close attention to the lessons you teach us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time, including tomorrow. And, uh, can, and, and uh, I, I hope, I really do hope, Rabbi Hertzberg, that other schools, schools, organizations, especially those who've been hesitating, whether in January and February, they should take family missions, they should you know, take students, maybe even, I don't know if you're aware of this, by the way, there's a school in the United States that actually sent their students for three weeks to Israel, which, you yeah. know, is pretty remarkable, frankly. Yes, <laughs> so, an amazing thing. So I hope that they take uh, advantage of your offer to uh, consult on these matters, and uh, whether they do or not consult with you, I hope they uh, use this opportunity uh, to realize just how critical it is and how life-changing it can be for their students and families if they go ahead and embark on a trip to Israel at this time. Kalak to you. Continued success. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nachum. Have a great day. A pleasure. More coming up. You're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM.